Desmond's like, okay, so like the world still exists out there? Like, what's up? <laughs> and I'm like, why is this unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Except it's Desmond. <laughs> <laughs> Like, can we have, like, an auto-tuned, like, songify the news type of thing with that, please? <laughs> Thanks. I did not think that joke was going to land like it did. I'm really That's pleased. so funny. <laughs> the unbreakable Desmond. <laughs> you know what? That's true. Take that all the way to the bank. Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I were in a shark attack situation, I would befriend the shark like a Disney princess. What? That's the best answer. I know. <laughs> I was, like, thinking of ways to defend myself against a shark, and you're like, I'm going to be its friend. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And if I were in a shark attack situation, I would literally just be like the girl from The Shallows. Mm. Have you guys seen that movie? No, it's a horror movie. I, of course I have not seen it. No, it's really good! Cool. Can't really get past the horror movie part. I say this as like, it, it's it's still a horror, it's still a yeah. horror movie. <laughs> I would just try to um, outsmart the shark by talking to myself okay. constantly. Okay, well that's yeah. good. That sounds like a good plan. <laughs> All right, and our guest this week is Drew. Hey. Yay. Hi, Drew. <laughs> Drew, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Drew Koenig. I am a 27-year-old TV critic from Kentucky. Pottermore says that I am a Ravenclaw, but everyone in my life agrees that I'm a Slytherin. Okay, so, okay. You Good. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> like, I feel like if you think you're a Slytherin, you are a Slytherin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably. Because I, yeah. people who aren't Slytherins are like, I don't want to be a Slytherin. But if you like, exactly. you got to own your Slytherinness for sure. I'm yeah. like, I could be a Slytherin. I could also, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> there are a lot of different sources to judge from here. And you have your own podcast, don't you? I do. I actually have a couple podcasts. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and... Uh, oh, tell us about it. Totally them. go ahead uh, so, and just advertise. <laughs> I love to advertise. Um, the first one is uh, the Lost Cause Pod, which, at, funny enough, actually started out as a Lost Recap podcast mm-hmm. uh, with my co-host, who had never watched Lost before, and every week would consist of me torturing her into, th- <laughs> into believing anything about Lost. Basically, everything is the island. Is what I learned. Beautiful. And that only lasted like seven episodes before we became like a legitimate pop culture podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's been running for the last couple of years. And I just started up a, a new podcast called uh, the Tens Redux Podcast, which is uh, going through all the movies and TV shows from the 2010s as we uh, reach the end of the decade. Oh, that's, that's really dope. cool. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I have some uh, good stuff planned for that if they want to. Check that out on the iTunes. I'm sure it'll be up by the time this is running. Perfect. I'm, I'm going to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what Lost means to you? It's, it's kind of difficult to say that because it feels like as long as I have like religiously been watching television, Lost has existed in my life. Exactly. You know? Totally. Mm-hmm. Like I was there on the first night it aired. I was sitting in my uh, living room and the TV went, coming up next is Lost. And I was like, this looks interesting. <gasps> what is this? 
and then I feel like it's just gone either downhill or uphill from there. It depends on who you ask. Um, <laughs> You're like, I don't know my family and friends. You gotta <laughs> take a survey. Exactly. I, really, what I like to say about this is uh, something my sister said to me when we were watching the uh, series finale, mm-hmm. which is Lost is the longest and most serious relationship I've ever been in. Wow. Dude, I get it. no, I get Same. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's true. Exactly. Yeah, and so yeah, now to be on be on an actual podcast talking about loss, I'm like people will actually let listen to me talk for an enormous amount of time about this thing that people are tired of hearing about. Okay, yes. Isn't that mind blowing? <laughs> it it's mind blowing. People who Wait. listen to this podcast, and when I announced, oh, it's coming back for season two, everyone was like, yay, and I was like. Yeah, you care. Thank what? you for caring. I said it was just for me. Thank you. <laughs> so how many times would you say you've seen the show? I'd say the first three seasons I've watched, honestly, more times than anyone could actually count. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I had mm-hmm. I had the uh, first three seasons on DVD, and I would just, like, religiously watch it over and over again yeah. until, yeah. like, a new season would come out. Right. This was the point in my lost insanity I was at. Um, And then... Past that point, I'd say I've watched it, I don't know, once a year, once or twice a year for the past close to 15 years. So would you say that you have a favorite season or are they like all tied for you? I love season three, even though I I acknowledge that's not a perfect season. Dude, me Uh, too. So many good episodes (laughs) in season three. Yeah. Season four is the correct answer, Mm -hmm. but I feel like my answer is season three. (laughs) I mean, I think they're all good answers. Like, all totally valid answers for sure. And um, do you have a few favorite characters? I'm going to cheat a little bit and just say that every single character that is not Nikki and Paolo, because I've been listening to your back episodes, and Expose is a garbage episode. Wow, I cannot relate at all. I would love to ask you why you think Expose is a terrible episode, but I think we should save it for the spoiler section. That would really require me to rewatch Expose, <laughs> which is too much of a commitment okay. for my oh. soul. <laughs> this Expose shade I'm living. And um, what would you do if you were in a shark attack situation? You know what? I think I'm going to have to take a page out of Robin's book and just say die. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a shark. Ooh, hey, yeah. Dead. <laughs> die? Cool. Yep. I'm going to die. I actually thought that was going to be Robin's answer. <laughs> um, Fantastic. And then uh, lastly, did you just want to plug some of your social medias? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I would just say uh, all my various Twitters, which is a phrase I regret. Um, <laughs> so uh, my personal Twitter at uh, the Drew Koenig and then uh, the podcast Twitters, uh, Lost Cause Pod and Tens Redux. Perfect. Okay. Um, today we have words to say about episode 202 of Lost Adrift. Okay. So usually we like to examine the title, but like literally they're just adrift. So <laughs> they're just adrift. Whatever. Um, the, so it's much not drifting. that deep. The broadcast date was September 28th, 2005. <laughs> it was written by Stephen Maida is how I'm guessing that his last name is pronounced. But if I'm wrong, let me know. And Leonard Dick. And it was directed by Stephen Williams. You know what my favorite thing to do is? What? Ask you how old you were. On September 28th, 2005. Uh, I was around 10 and a half years old. Oh, burn. (laughs) (laughs) You ask me this every episode, but it's it's such a long time between, like, our actual episodes that, like, (laughs) when you're listening, when people are listening to these, like, every two weeks, they're going to be like, she's still 10 and a half, Brittany. (laughs) 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 It just blows my mind. Like, in 2005, I was, like, deep into, like, just discovering Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) 
You know, like I was in my in high school. I was still wearing like really long tube socks all the way up. Oh, <laughs> you really publicly admitted that, hey? Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this means nothing <laughs> to anybody, but like literally I could not stand the feeling of like having your socks pushed down. Like one time, one of the girls in my class was like, "It's real it's like cooler if you wear them pushed down." And I was like, "No!" Even though I was wearing capris. <laughs> And I still remember that moment and look back and sigh. The early 2000s was an interesting time. (laughs) All right. Okay. So Robin's now going to recap this episode in the style of, Ooh, Drew, have you seen Lost in 8 Minutes and 15 Seconds? Do you remember this? Oh, you best believe I did. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) So few people do because they did it for Lost and they did it for BSG. The BSG one's gone from the internet. No. Uh, But the Lost one. That's upsetting. Yeah, the Lost one remains. Grace Anatomy did one too, I think. Did they really? Yeah. With the same voice and everything? I don't think the same voice, but it was like the same style of like, hey, here's a lot of plot and not a lot of time. Yeah, here's my monotonous voice (laughs) telling you about important things that you cried over. (laughs) Exactly. I feel like I need that for like season one of Westworld. (laughs) Like they need to be doing that for TV now. (laughs) All TL shade season one over season two. Thank you. Yeah. So Robin's going to do a recap in the style of Lost in 8 minutes and 15 seconds, but she's going to try and do it in 60 seconds. <clears throat> it's not happening. It's not happening. It, yeah, it's not going to happen. So um, in editing, she's going to speed herself up yeah. to sound like a chipmunk. Um, also, cool. I wrote this three like like three weeks ago, and I haven't looked at it since, so I'll probably mess up, but that's life. On the island, we're getting the Kate and Locke perspective of last episode's events. Locke immediately throws Kate under the bus, and she gets locked in the pantry. Easy for her to escape, though, because she's a boss. She spends the rest of the app in the vents. Locke, however, is doing some thorough learning and manipulating about Desmond, who then forces him to input some familiar numbers into an old-ass computer. (laughs) In flashbacks, we see the legal mess that was Walt's custody battle, including Michael's garbage lawyer and Susan's attorney. Susan gets Michael alone in a room and tells him all the reasons why he isn't good enough, causing Michael to ultimately give up his parental rights, ending with a meeting in the park where Mike can say goodbye to Walt, giving him a stuffed polar bear. On the raft, Jin is immediately lost, and Michael and Sawyer have a constant battle of who gets to be on what piece of wreckage. A shark shows up and gets full-on murdered. Sawyer pulls out the bullet in his shoulder with his bare hand, and Michael stays pretty dry during the entire thing. (laughs) They fight about whose fault it was that Walt was taken when it truly wasn't anyone's fault. Probably Ethan's if we're being realistic. (laughs) Finally, they get taken right back to the island, and Jin, tied up, runs out of the jungle. He found the others! Or did he? Bum, bum, bum. I can't wait to talk about this shark. <laughs> this shark was like a whole thing, right? I don't... When it was first. That's... Sh- I don't know. Didn't, was it? you know about... You don't know... You don't know about Dharma shark? No. Dude, when the shark, like, swims by, there's a Dharma logo on his tail. That's right. It's a Dharma shark, which we need to talk about in the spoiler section. Why my brain just exploded? <laughs> I want to like Google Dharma shark and see if it'll come up. Like I bet. Did it you will. know that Dharma shark has a name? I saw this on Lostpedia earlier. What? Oh, what is hang it? On. I need to. I need to look for it. I just saw it on the page earlier. Oh, I hope it's. I hope it's something really basic. I want that shark name to be something like Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! It does have. Oh my. F. It like, does I have think a Dharma logo on it. In the spoiler section, we have to talk about like what that like specific logo looks like, but that's not really a thing for right now. Okay. I still want to know what its name is, though. Uh, I wish I could find it again, because it's great. <laughs> I really want it to be Kevin or Keith. So we're going to talk about like the hatch and like what's happening on the island first, then we'll talk about what's on the raft, then we'll go into flashbacks. Then we'll do spoilers. It'll be dope. 
Uh, the Dharma shark's name is Ezra James Sharkington. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, please, please tell me there's a source. Please tell me there's a source. It's on Lost Media. Yes, tell me there's a source, please. Um, on the official Lost podcast, Damon and Carlton na- jokingly named the shark Ezra James Sharkington. Literally, as soon as you said on the last podcast, Damon, I was like, oh, I know what happened now. <laughs> I know. What Literally, I just went on Lostpedia and searched Ezra, and it was like, oh, it came up, and then it just took me to sharks. Redirected <laughs> from Ezra. <laughs> on the. Did you mean sharks? Did you mean. Sharks? Sharks. Yes. Okay. Ezra James Sharkington. Hearing the absurd name, Q's accused Lindelof of having jumped the shark. (laughs) My favorite (laughs) phrase. Yes. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, we're not even on that storyline. So let's talk about what's going on in the hatch slash the island. So Locke goes down the tunnel thing and his little shoes are squeaking. So he decides to take them (laughs) off. Like a real polite guy. Yeah, I'm sure that was his yeah. motive. He he wanted to respect, you know, Desmond's. <laughs> He's like, gotta make piece. a good first impression. It's just proper yeah. etiquette. He's like, exactly. Yeah. He he walks in the front door. He's like, is this a shoes on or off situation? Yeah. <laughs> so he sees the logo of the Swan Station, which of course we'll learn about later. And he sees that the light that we saw in the first flashback last episode is just like completely manufactured. <laughs> I mean. Technically, everything in the hatch is manufactured. She's right. She's right. But I actually have a question before this. And this is going to be a stupid question. And you guys are going to laugh. And I want you both to shut up in advance. Is this the first time we see the Dharma logo? Um, it's either I think it is. now or I or potentially Jack saw it last episode. Oh, so not a dumb question. But I'm not sure. I feel like this is the first episode. Because they must have between seasons kind of come up with the idea of Dharma. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I feel less dumb now. Awesome. I'm wondering if it says on Lostpedia. I'm pretty Great sure don't feel dumb. that we didn't see it at all in season one or else we would have talked about it. Cool. Appearances. Yeah. I love that Jack kind of looks at it and he's like, huh, future <laughs> tattoo idea. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the first time. If we didn't see it last episode, like we definitely didn't see it in season one. Okay. Um. Okay. So then Locke finds Kate on the ground and Desmond is behind him with like a gun and he says, are you him? Dude, I was rewatching it last night and I was like, he was like, are you him? And then after, like later Locke was like not answering his question and I was like, you're not him. <laughs> and Desmond was like, you're not him. And I was like, she has an issue, but that's okay. <laughs> Why are you this way? <laughs> I think we all know why I'm this way. I have an obsessive personality. It's called hyperfixation. <laughs> all right. Pipe down. <laughs> Self-diagnose. Um, anyway, I have a lot of spoiler thoughts about the question of are you him? Okay. And I wanted to write that down, but oh, there's my pencil. Oh, this yeah. is a really professional podcast. <laughs> there's my pencil. Yeah. Thank, yeah. thank you so much for joining it's us. It's almost through. like I'm writing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so are you him? And Locke's like, yep. I would be like, yes, him. It is yes, I. it is I, him. The love of your him? life. <laughs> yeah, no. And so Locke's like, um, uh-huh, sure. Okay. Easy, easy, easy. Bye, you. Are you him? 
Are you him? Yes. Yes, I am. I can't believe it. You find me here. Well, here I am. Yeah, and Desmond's like, oh, finally you showed up. Anyway, who's this? And he's like, oh, this is my friend. We're, this is like, she comes with me, so. Business colleague? So, yeah. I love when people on TV use the thing like, she's with me, or he's with me. And you're supposed to trust it. I'm like, I need a name (laughs) at the bare minimum here. I'm like, is this the VIP section? I don't care. (laughs) Who are you? Did you you talk to the bouncer to get in here? So he's like, what did one snowman say to the other snowman? And Locke's like, I don't know. And I'm like, clear, like, hello, this is a famous joke. You should know what the answer is. Is it? Yeah. You don't know what the answer is? Doesn't I know answers, what the answer is. Answer. Oh, no, I know it. I know it. I know it. Do you want to tell it us? It smells like carrot. It is smells like carrot. Yes! Good job. Later in the, uh, in the, either this season or next season, like Desmond says what the answer is. Um, but like, clearly it's like the password so that you know if you, if it is him. And right now we don't know what I, him means. Yesterday but. I was on Henry and Q6 um, AMA Reddit about like his time on Lost. Oh. And someone asked him two things is, do people ever ask you like where Penny's boat is? And he says only on Twitter. <laughs> and then he, someone said, um, what did one snowman t- say to the other snowman? And he's like, I'm too hungover no, for this. Ian! <laughs> <laughs> oh. It was legendary. <laughs> so uh, Locke doesn't know the answer. And so Desmond's like, wow, if you if <laughs> if you were him, they would have told you that it smells like carrot. I don't think they have fresh produce down there, do no. they? No. <laughs> okay, I'm like, dude, do I seriously have to explain this properly? Okay. <laughs> no! Oh my god, I just let me I never know with you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So anyway, he's like, oh, you're not him. <laughs> then they're like, he's like, oh, who are you? And they're like, oh, we were just, we were in a plane crash 44 days ago. And Edmund's like, oh. And we have spoiler thoughts again. But I love, though, that you can kind of. 44 days. That sounds familiar. Hmm. Yeah. You can kind of see Des's whole life flash yeah. before his eyes. He's like, oh. Also, oh. can we talk about how 44 <laughs> is just four twice? That's a number. Oh. <laughs> That's a number. So uh, then we see like all of the tallies that are on the wall and Locke's like, dude, like how freaking long have you been here? And Desmond's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) That's not important. No, that's something I'm sensitive about. (laughs) So he's like, okay, well, we're going to tie up Locke. And he's like, no, not me. I am. I am nice old man. This scary lady. Tie up this fugitive girl. And Kate's literally like, are you kidding me? Like, if Locke was like, I need to make a good first impression. And Kate's like, I also need to make a good first impression. Also, she's a fugitive. And she's like, there goes my first impression. Time up. Do it! Wait, wait, wait. You're tying up the wrong person. How's that, brother? It's pointless to tie me up. I'm not dangerous. But her... She's a fugitive. So what does that mean, you then, brother? I'm a regional collections manager for a cardboard manufacturer. Boxes, primarily. All right, then, box man, tie her up. Yo, 
I don't know about you guys, but if I was Desmond, I would believe like Kate over Locke. <laughs> yeah. Locke just you kind of look at Locke and you're like, you look shady. Dude's dude's manipulative and you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, whatever, Boxman. Uh, dude, I love the fact that he calls him Boxman, like continually, <laughs> like continues to call him that. I love it. It's so cute. It, that's kind of like um it might beat some of some Sawyer's nicknames, actually. Aww. Because it gets right to the heart <laughs> of Locke. Yeah, it's just nostalgic. Just just beats him right down mm-hmm. to Boxman. <laughs> that's who you are to me, Boxman. <laughs> And like, Do you think Sawyer would come up with Boxman if he knew that Locked worked at a box company? I feel like Sawyer would be like, Boxman is too simple. But when Desmond does it, it's cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sawyer would be like, ah, oh, no, too easy. Too easy. Yeah, exactly. That's why his is Mr. I mean, Clean, and it's just way better. <laughs> Sawyer would be like, I need to go a little more highbrow. Yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> I <laughs> hate that that's true. <laughs> So he's like, okay, well, if she's a fugitive, then, like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I work at a box company. And he's like, oh, okay, well, that's not scary. And Kate's like, that is news to me also. (laughs) So Kate's like, okay, whatever. And he's like, oh, I'm just doing what's best. And he, like, gives her a knife. So we're like, fine. Okay, we forgive you, I guess. And then she gets locked in the pantry. Kate spends this entire episode being tied up or locked in different rooms. But that's like, like the thing is, you'd be like, hey, don't tie up women. Blah, feminism. But also like she does so much work in those. It's yeah, like really yeah. dope. It's just kind of like the summation of Kate's whole character is tied up and yeah. screaming somewhere <laughs> for most of the show. That's not me saying that. That's Evangeline Lilly on the Ant-Man and the Wasp press tour. Yeah, she like literally just said it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like. We talk about how good this show is about doing show, don't tell. And, like, almost all of Kate's mm-hmm. scenes in this episode are, like, she's not even saying anything. So good. That's she's true. just out doing things. Doing things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really, it's Locke who runs his mouth and Kate's yeah, the one who exactly. gets stuff done. So. <laughs> like, Locke would be useless in a closet. Yeah. <laughs> he totally would be. <laughs> he would try to reason with it. <laughs> Brittany, how are you in the closet? Yeah. I don't know. I came out. <laughs> um, okay, so back in the caves, Jack is like, I'm going to do the thing. And Hurley's like, what? And we already talked about this last episode. But we go to Charlie and Claire's whole perspective here. And they're like, oh, well, Jack's just out being a hero. Lol, that's what he keeps doing. And I'm like, true. <laughs> I feel you. And Claire's like, oh, like, oh, you're always just trying to be funny. And he's like, trying to be funny? Oh, <laughs> I think you're funny, Charlie. It's okay. Charlie's like, I put a lot of effort into these jokes. I came up with this in five seconds. Yeah, exactly. But like, what did did you think of the whole Charlie and Claire relationship? Oh, I always Mm -hmm. loved it. I was always on board. Okay. I always wanted to hear people's perspectives on it because I know like Charlie's character changes a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Season that. Season two is rough. <laughs> and um, like, were you like kind of watching for the ships, or like, was it a mystery thing for you, or like both? It was kind of both. Because mm-hmm. like, that's kind of what I get into when I talk to people about like the series finale. Mm-hmm. They're like, it was awful. I was like, it was never about the mystery. So exactly, not really. Not really. It's yeah. about it the people. About, yeah, yeah, it's about the emotional journeys. Yeah. Okay, so now we see the Virgin Mary statue. Oh, found it in the jungle. You found it? Yeah. Be careful. Oh, be careful with it. Hey, hey, take it. Come here. There you go. You gotta be careful with it, you know. It's, it's the Virgin Mary. She's holy. Didn't realize you were so religious. 
I'm not. It's just, you know, it might come in handy. Be a nice thing to have around. I have questions. <laughs> what? What, what are what you are going, going to do? do like, that? like when I think if someone has a religious statue, this might come in handy. Like, what is that used for? You can break it over someone's head. Or, like, is it for... Oh, so you went right to the violent place. Yeah, or is it for, like, praying to? Like, I'm so confused about what he thinks it'll come in handy for. Oh, duh, decor. <laughs> oh, obviously, put it on a shelf. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta like, jazz up the whole, like, the beach and the caves and stuff, like... <laughs> I know. mean, when Sawyer comes back and starts making the condos on the beach, it's gonna come in handy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you need to pop exactly. a color. <laughs> it can't just all be bamboo. We cracked it. I feel like, for a second, I was like, who is going to, like, who on this island would be the most annoyed with, like, the bad decor? And I came up with Saeed for some reason. That tracks. Saeed? Yeah? I feel that. I don't know. I think I'm just thinking of, like, the pilot when he had that, like, sassy moment where they, like, turned from Boone and Shannon and, like, Saeed was watching, like, because he lives for the drama. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Hearing the phrase Saeed lives for the drama is probably the highlight of this podcast. It's just like the headcanon I have for him. Why why is that so true though? <laughs> it is though. He loves he like Saeed loves to know everyone's business. He's yeah. not gonna comment on it, but he needs to know it. It's weird because like you never think about him as like the gossiping type, but like legit he's nosy <laughs> as hell. <laughs> like that face he gives in the first season when Shannon's telling him about her time in Paris, and he's just like, yes? Yes! <laughs> yes, tell me more. So anyway, oh, frick, let's move on. So um, Kate is in a dark room, it's the pantry, and she frees herself using the knife. She sees, like, the food, and it has, like, the Dharma logos on it. Do you want to hear a fun fact? Oh, it's just an yeah. anecdote about my life. <laughs> Okay, so that's not a fact, that's an anecdote. I know, I said fun fact, and then I made an addendum. Is that okay? <sighs> I said, I'll allow it. Okay. I have a pillow that is, like, the Dharma, like, food thing, right? Like, the label? Yeah. And it says pillow. All right, that's pretty cute. <laughs> Isn't it so cute? The thing that the Dharma thing, like, all of the plain labeling reminded me of is... I, I think this is, like, basically, like, a meme on the internet, but it's just our reality. There's a store here in Canada called Superstore. Yeah. And their no-name brand, like, when you go to buy something... The real Canadian Superstore. It's just yellow packaging, and if you want to buy rice, yeah. it just says on it, rice. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I want rice. Look for the bright yellow thing that just says rice. rice. No logos, nothing. Mm-hmm. That's what this reminds me of every single time. And it's called No Name. Yeah, it, yeah, what? it's literally called the No Name brand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, there's pictures on the internet of people going, what is this? And I'm like, oh, that's Superstore. No Name brand rice. That's fantastic. <laughs> yep, there it is. <laughs> yep. It's just rice. <laughs> no Name. There's actually stores here. Um, there's individual standalone stores where you can just buy no-name stuff. Yeah. And it's called the no-name. Cute. Yeah. It's yeah. so meta. Like, I, I'm, still, I'm still reeling from the fact that there's a store in Canada called Superstore. Yeah. So, yeah, like the TV so I show. Need to, I need to catch, my brain needs to catch itself up to, up, up to where we are now. Yeah. Well, like when Superstore came out, I was like, um, yeah. that's already a thing, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
they like they were like oh coming soon superstore and i'm like that's what like the americans are getting super yeah <laughs> that's super I was weird like, well, good for them what are, I, that was it's very confusing. how are they gonna call it the real canadian superstore if it's in america <laughs> oh yeah because the full name is actually the real canadian yeah. superstore <laughs> whatever anyway so we find all of this is true i'm sorry apollo bars (laughs) so i'm pretty sure we've already seen an apollo bar my thought is i've uh, like i'm seeing in my head jack you know getting it from a vending machine i think we've already done that already in season one yeah we have because i asked you about whether they were real or not yeah because i'm pretty sure we talked about it already but like if you ever see an Apollo bar on another TV show, that's a Lost reference because Lost made up Apollo bars. Yeah, because it was like it was what like on sh- Once Upon a Time. Yeah, was it? Oh, that's a lot of the same writers. Yeah, right? exactly. It was yeah. made by um, Adam and Eddie, who <laughs> wrote Expose. <laughs> yeah. No, that explains a lot. Don't because <laughs> Once Upon a Time is kind of all Expose. <laughs> I really liked the first will- season of Once Upon a Time. I thought it was really good. I liked, yeah. I also enjoyed the first season inexplicably when Jamie Dornan was yep. on that show, and then um from then on we just don't speak of it anymore. I remember when Jamie Dornan like got cast for Fifty Shades, and I was like, "That's Sheriff Graham." <laughs> <laughs> and then you never saw Fifty Shades, and then I was like, "Never mind, I'm not interested in that." <laughs> disregard this information (laughs) they've had some apollo bars on like brooklyn 99 and stuff and i'm like whoever's here you're my (gasps) friend yeah i bet you i've had this discovery twice on this podcast yeah you absolutely have because i told you last time yeah literally the entire premise of this podcast is britney forgets everything and robin has to remind her but britney reacts as if it's new information to her Dude, that makes it so much fun though like i I, we get to have so many reveals Yeah, it's like talking to a child (laughs) (laughs) Guys, if you were stuck in the hatch and you could only bring one candy bar, what would you bring? My favorite candy bar is Crunchy, but apparently that's only in Canada, too. Yeah, it's Canadian, buddy. Because when we were in the airport to come back from Anaheim, and uh, my dad was like, I'll buy you a chocolate bar. I was like, cool, I want Crunchy. And he came back, and he's like, here's a Kit Kat. And I was like, ah. That's not the same thing. No. Um, do you want to explain what Crunchies are for people who aren't me? Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, what are Crunchies? So it's basically just like... It's sponge toffee. Sponge toffee covered in chocolate. Is it like a crunch bar? No. Yes. No, because yeah. it's cr- kind of like a crunch bar. Crunch bars, aren't they the, the ones that have like Rice Krispies in them? Am I crazy? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't know if he was saying yes to the Rice Krispies or the crazy, and I'm hoping it was crazy. Both? All right. Yes. <laughs> okay, that works for me. Anyway, what's your favorite candy bar? <laughs> uh, I would go with Mr. Good Bar. Okay, okay. Is that American? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, sure. Uh, no, no. Uh, I don't know. I'm being, I'm being forced to analyze a lot of the candy bars in my life in, in this second. Oh, I'm so sorry. Bar. That's a lot of pressure. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna keep googling things that you talk about. Um, Brittany, what <laughs> chocolate bar would you bring or whatever? Oh, Reese's Pizza Peanut. Damn it! I don't even know what okay. it's called. <laughs> well, because there's Reese's Pieces, but the Americans call it Reese Piece or what? Reese, whatever. No. Okay, and then. But I would actually bring the peanut butter cups. Yes, that's the best. That's the best kind. Good answer. Yes. So Kate escapes into the vent. Do you ever wonder about the structural integrity of vents that they can always seem to inexplicably hold? I have an anecdote. (laughs) Do I ever have an anecdote for you? Okay. Brittany, 
Maybe this is just an Alberta, Canada garbage problem or thing. In Spruce Grove, which is near Edmonton, right? Uh Uh-huh. Edmonton, Kentucky? (laughs) No. Okay, anyway. (laughs) So Spruce Grove is by Edmonton. And there was this... Like, by the time this goes out, it will be so irrelevant. But whatever, I thought it was funny. And there was these, these two... This couple who broke into, not broke into, but were trying to steal from a, a gas station. Uh-huh. And the video that I saw, somebody had edited, like, that, I don't even know what it's called, but it's like the music that goes, do you know what okay? And so it's like a race, like a, like a chase whole thing, right? And so... This girl, like, it's pretty long, but this girl ends up, like, escaping from the police officers, going into the back and climbing into the vents, and then falling through the roof onto, like, a candy display. And then she gets arrested. No, all the Mr. Good parts. (laughs) Anyway, that's my anecdote. I wonder, like, I I don't even know what to Google to... I don't even know. That's so Alberta. (laughs) I'm gonna escape from the police. I will go through these very stable vents. <laughs> this woman fell through a store ceiling while trying to escape. That's what. BuzzFeed! Yes! BuzzFeed! <laughs> Alberta makes it onto BuzzFeed more than you think. Like, the abandoned blockbuster sign with the smiley face written in the snow. That was, like, three blocks from my house in Edmonton. Oh, my God. Like, the, it, it's, a, it's a place of memes. So, I think the thing we've determined is that Vents cannot yes. hold human weight. No. That's why this is a television okay. show, so. <laughs> wow. I kind of want to explore, like, how do you guys think that, like, Kate was feeling when she, like, turned on the light and saw all that food? Hungry. <laughs> okay. Probably, like, holy shit, I need to grab five candy bars immediately. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I can't. Yeah. I would absolutely. She's like, listen, we have important things to do, but, like, this is my favorite candy bar. So I'm going to eat one of these. It's been such a long time since she's like, they've been scrounging. And now she's like, if we can get control of this hatch, we'll be set. Excellent. Let's give it all to her. I think that's. Or not. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Hurley's in charge of the pantry. (laughs) I think the thing that would like go through my head, which I wonder if it went through Kate's head is if all this food is here, where's the ship or the plane that's delivering it? And why haven't I seen it? Exactly. And that was, like, a whole big thing when people were like, what, this doesn't make sense? Like, how are they getting all the food and stuff? And that's a spoiler question, so. Mm, very spoiler. Oh, all right. Desmond and Locke are having their chat, and, you know, they're learning about each other. And Desmond's like, okay, so, like, the world still exists out there? Like, what's up? <laughs> and I'm like, why is this unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Except it's Desmond. <laughs> Like, can we have, like, an auto-tuned, like, songify the news type of thing with that, please? (laughs) Thanks. I did not think that joke was going to land like it did. I'm really pleased. so funny. (laughs) The unbreakable (laughs) You know what? That's true. Take that all the way to the bank. Uh, poor Henry Cusick keeps ending up in <laughs> poor guy. That's his life now. Do you watch the hundred, Drew? I did watch the one hundred, and then I stopped watching the one hundred. Mm, was it season three? It was season four. I made it like three or four Ooh. episodes in season four, and I was like, eh, nah. 
You're like, oh, nothing has happened this season. And I have bad news for you. Nothing continues to happen the rest of the season. So what you're saying is Drew made a good decision. Pass Drew equals good decision. Honestly, pass Drew, I support. And then I would say present Drew, just like read Wikipedia and then watch season five. Mm. Season five is awesome. It's the best season they've ever done. Noted. Write yeah. this down in my imaginary notebook. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so he's like the world's still still out there and Locke's like i freaking think it's been a while <laughs> i don't know and so he's like hey so like what's your name and he's like oh desmond and he's like cool my name is john also you don't need that gun and desmond's like wrong answer <laughs> i'm suspicious I love that, like when you're voicing Desmond. Desmond inexplicably sounds like John Mulaney. <laughs> That's my new thing. Like, it, you've been editing the new podcast. I've watched, like, all three John Mulaney specials twice now. Same. Yeah. So, that's just my vocabulary now. Yeah, same. It's kind of, I feel like John Mulaney and Gene Belcher from Bob's Burgers have yeah. the same kind of, like, linguistic <laughs> yes. energy. Yes, yes. And that that's, that's what you have now in the latest episode of the hundred podcast like i caught myself saying murder <laughs> and i was like i didn't even mean to say it like that but okay it's he was murdered you know like a crime <laughs> you know like a liar <laughs> all right anyway 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 so desmond's like how many of them are, how, how many of all of you are there? And Locke's like, well, if I minus all the dead people, 43. But. Oh, that's so close to a number. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know. But four sailed out this morning. Yoink. There you go. That's a number. Just for me. Did they though? So Locke's Did like, they? okay, so like, do you not leave this place ever? And Desmond's like, Desmond's we're going like, to disregard no. that. We're not talking about it. And so he's like, oh, how many of you are sick? And he's like, mm, nobody, <laughs> no one. <laughs> that, that simulated sunlight, is that because you never leave? Uh, is, is, there, is there another way out? Of... How many of your group have gotten sick? Sick? Sick, as in ill, as in dead. Is that why it says quarantine on the inside of the hatch? Answer the question. No one has, no one, no one is sick gonna be a big no no big no uh don't he's like i don't know i mean someone might have a cold yeah i mean there's this one guy who was literally only in solitary who had a rash once <laughs> but we never saw him again so <laughs> he oh, may have yeah. died. Hmm. shrug emoji yeah <laughs> Meh. who would know <laughs> so uh okay so then we hear the beep. Shrug emoji. Shrug emoji. So we start hearing the beeps and there's this old ass computer and he's like, um, this is really old. And Desmond's like, I know I've been here for three years. And Locke's like, that computer's older than yeah. that. <laughs> okay, that's older, but whatever. That, expla that explains nothing. Time to disregard most of your, your words. So they start hearing things and he's like, you know, it's Jack. We know it's Jack. But either way, he has put in the numbers. And like I said last episode, like at the beginning of the episode, he like put in spaces and for the rest of the series, they don't have to put in spaces. So continuity, um, whatever. And so he's like, okay, now press ex execute. What does John think is going to happen? I have no idea. Oh, damn. We're just playing games here. <laughs> just That's a really, 
good question. Because he's like, oh my god, like what am I, what am I gonna do? Like, is it gonna be my fault if like whatever happens? It's a real man of science moment for John Locke, though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Good point. And especially because they very deliberately made the key. It's not the enter key. It's an execute because it gives it a far more ominous feeling. Wow, that's a great. That's a great point too. That like they specifically made it execute. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So it's either you know. In Locke's mind, he's either executing a function or something very dark is right. about to happen. I mean, no- nothing happens, but you don't, he doesn't yeah. know that. So anyway, he does it and the counter resets to 108 minutes. And then we start hearing Jack and he's like, who's that? And you're, and he goes, that would be Jack. And it's like, ooh, who's Jack? I sure wish it was Saeed instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a great question. Drew. <laughs> What are your thoughts on Jack? I know this is I know this is problematic. I'm aware. I love Jack mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. I do. I you know, me and my sister were longtime jaders, so you know. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I get it. You know, you're for, you're for, That's the thing that I find fascinating is people who yeah. love Jack. You, you know, you're 14, mm-hmm. there's this heroic doctor guy on your screen, you're like, this guy is cool. And then you never Yeah. You never run that against your mind ever again. For like 15 years <laughs> exactly no that totally reminds me of like me because i still ship sawyer and kate and i always shipped sawyer and kate and now looking back on it i'm like there's a lot of problematic things yes. about this but i can't bring myself to stop shipping it because it meant so much to me for mm. like eight years mm-hmm. so i yeah. totally relate I, I even was like momentary like in the moment was like kate and sawyer are good together i like this like see yeah particular season three moments i was like this is cool i yes. like this yeah but like end game was always yeah. like jade mm-hmm. sure yeah, yeah you can kind of see the entire time like that was sort of a star-crossed yeah. thing so yeah they're like who is it it's jack he's the doctor like why is he here and Locke's like okay well tbh like i'm just as surprised as you are i thought it was just a me and kate thing but whatever <laughs> like we actually didn't invite him on our field trip so this is really awkward (laughs) his parents did not sign the permission form so i don't know why he is here jack was very insistent that he was gonna stay home and watch netflix and i'm not sure why (laughs) so i don't know how he even got a ride here he got dressed and came out to the club anyway (laughs) he took an uber yeah (laughs) so he's like yeah he's the doctor and desmond's like is he a doctor because he fully has a gun well People are complicated, Desmond. But whatever. So he turns on the music, some iconic ass music. Mm -hmm. We can hear Kate calling, which we could last episode as well, but continuity error as well, because um, it's happening at a different time in the song. In the first episode, you can hear her calling very faintly during the second verse. And in this episode, she's calling during the chorus. Ah. So whatever. But just pointing it out. If I knew that song at all, which I absolutely do, mm-hmm. I would notice if there was a faint echo of a scream in it. Yeah. You know, uh, you yeah. Know, maybe it's like a remix track. <laughs> maybe. They're like, oh, this is a weird remix. The Kate remix. Yeah. The Kate remix? Yeah. Also, another thing is that some of the dialogue is a little bit different during this episode. And I get it. Because, like, continuity is, like, hard enough on set. And it's hard enough during editing. So, like, having to do continuity during, like, three separate episodes, I get it. Oh, in my mind, I thought that it was sort of representative of who 
we were with at the time. Oh, tell me more. And like their perceptions and their memories of like what was happening. So, you know, Kate was experiencing something different from what Jack was experiencing, which is different from what Desmond was experiencing. So I kind of took it as like everyone kind of just had like different perspectives that they were showing us. Hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. I think my brain my brain came up with that to <laughs> fill in the plot hole. No, I'm very interested in this now because now I need to look at what the difference between the dialogue is because I know that the first episode it was like Jack like making fun of Locke and like telling him like how dumb he's been. In this episode it's like <laughs> there's less. I'm I'm Jack. So I love I love Locke, but I I would make fun of him also. Desmond I guess, can hear Kate screaming, so shoots the vent? Or do you think that's just, like, a coincidence that that's where he shoots? I think it was a coincidence. Like, he was just, like, you know, shot across the bow. Yeah, I agree. Or he just, like, didn't like that one vent in particular. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Well, like, that's another thing, is it's, like, if he knows, if he can hear her and he knows she's up in the vent, he's like, how the heck did she get there? She's supposed to be in the pantry. And I also don't think, like, you know, obviously more spoiler section, but knowing who Desmond is as a person, I don't think he would purposefully actually kill anyone. No. So if he heard her in the vent, I don't actually believe that Des would actually shoot at her. Yeah. And it would just require him to have, like, a lot of foreknowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing is it's, like, Locke is, like... I mean, he kind of has that ability. (laughs) Locke is... Oh, shut up, Brittany. Not yet. (laughs) I love how Locke is like, she's a fugitive, but what I'm not going to tell you is that she's literally an escape artist. <laughs> so yes, let's put her here with a knife. Eh, she'll be fine. It's she'll fine. totally stay there. So yeah, he almost shoots Kate and then Jack and Desmond, well, Jack at least recognizes Desmond and we're back where we started uh, at the end of last episode. I really love seeing like different perspectives of the same thing. I think that's super cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I relate to Jack in that I too would never forget Desmond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Brittany, who's your favorite character? It's a big mystery. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have any last thoughts or should we move on to the raft? I don't have thoughts. I'm just very amused that all we did during this was just make really bad jokes. <laughs> it was pretty bad, wasn't it? There was a lot of jokes. It does, sure. it does seem my brain, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, we didn't analyze anything. <laughs> we just made jokes. No, it's true. <laughs> well, all of my actual deep thoughts are saved for Michael, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, that's totally fair. And I mean, don't, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure we have a whole other episode to talk about deep things in that one storyline. And we also talked yeah. a little bit of the last episode. So it's fine. I'm just here for the snarky jokes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Yes. Okay. <laughs> then you're in the friggin' right place. <laughs> okay. So wrath time. Oh, hell yeah. Dope. Okay. So they're doing the explosion aftermath. All this stuff is happening. And Jin says a thing in Korean. He says, what does he say? I cannot see it. Where is it? Which makes sense. Oh, I thought it was going to be something like more exciting than that. So. No, I think he says, he says some other things in Korean at the end of the episode that I can read oh, out to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what that he says right now. And then right. Sawyer saves Michael from drowning. And Michael is, of course, super worried about Walt. As one would be. I forgot how much he screams the word Walt. Yeah, it's like a joke, but it makes sense why it's a joke. Oh, yeah, because it, it's just, like, it's fully meme territory. Yeah. Yes, very. So, uh, later, Michael is, like, continuing to shout. And Sawyer's, like, he's literally far away. Like, they were on a boat. Like, he, he can't hear you. Michael's, like, but if he can, he needs to know that, like, I care and I'm still coming for him and I haven't given up. Walt! 
Walt! <coughs> Walt! Mike! You should save your energy. They took my son! Yeah, I saw that. Onto a boat, which means he's not in shouting distance. You don't know that! Well, I got a pretty good sense. And even if he was, there's nothing you could do. Look, if he can hear me, he knows that I'm alive. That I'm coming for him. That I'm going to get him back. Right now, all I got is that maybe my son can hear me. Does that make any sense to you? Sawyer's like one of those people where if he saw a crying baby in the grocery store, he would like cry back at it. <laughs> I feel like if he saw a crying baby in the grocery store, he'd just look it straight in the eyes and be like, you're overreacting. <laughs> I feel like Sawyer has actually done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> be like that. This is just like a really yeah. dramatic reaction. All right. So Sawyer later is like calling out for Jin and Michael's like, wow, hip, hip, hypocrisy. Cool. And Sawyer's like, well, here's the reason why it's not. Oh, someone had a problem with yeah, that Yeah, I thought, for a second I was like, hypocriticalism. <laughs> nope. Oh, <laughs> wow. Like, that's too long. That's, that's fully not a word at all. So <laughs> Way to make a difficult word even, even harder. <laughs> so he's like, okay, but like, Jin is still in the water, so he could maybe still hear us. And Michael's like, whatever. Yo, how long was Jin in the water for? I'm pretty sure, I can't remember exactly when the others find him, but we do see it later. Because, like, the shark just passed by him and he was like, mm, no, you're not the snack uh, for me. Oh, passed by Jin, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, meh. He's just like, mm, not this one. Well, like, the current probably, like, took Jin to the island quicker than it can take, like, rafts and pontoons. That makes sense. Just, like, you know, weight differences and... What not? Well, like, wait a minute. A human's heavier than a floating. No, it's not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and like that's I can't also do like math. Jin might not actually be floating too. Like he could be like under the water too, for some of it. That's you called know. drowning, my friend. No, I'm saying like it's harder to bring the raft around because it's like on top of the water with all of the like peaks and and yeah. stuff, and so it's like kind of being pushed all around. Really, the whole thrust of this comment was. Ha, the shark didn't eat gin. <laughs> well, now science is here. Anyway, Michael is like, cool, so Sawyer, are you, like, guilty about wanting to fire the flare or what? And Sawyer's like, no. I regret nothing? Yeah, literally no. Sawyer's like, sorry I tried to help with my friendship. Yeah. You made me fire that flare. I made you fire... What, this is my fault? They took my son. They found us. Took Walt because you made me fire the flare. Well, at least Walt is on a boat, probably wrapped in a blanket with a cup of cocoa while we're on this piece. Get of off my raft. And he's like, whatever. And so he's like, get off my raft. And Sawyer's like, oh, I bought my way onto this raft the whole time, but okay. It's not just your raft, but whatever. And then it starts breaking and everything. And then we see the shark, which has the Dharma logo on it. Everyone's like, so what's like Dharma? Oh, you just wait and the see. The first time I watched this episode, mm -hmm. I was looking down and I didn't see the shark. So, in so you just thought they were being weird? No, I fully was like, is this all in their minds? Oh. Like, like bear in mind, this is like 2008 that I'm thinking this. Yeah. Like going like, oh, like, you know, is the island messing with them? Like, can it control the sea now? That's right. that's, that's how badly I missed the mark on that one. <laughs> No, but that's interesting because, like, you know, the island is, like, the island. But I never really, I never considered that the island might be able to control the surrounding water. 
the island in quotation marks. Exactly. Here. Yes. Right. Sawyer calls Michael Hoss. He calls seven people Hoss throughout the series. That's a very unoriginal nickname in that case. He calls <laughs> Hurley, Jack, Locke, Jin, Michael, Richard, who we haven't met yet, and the captain of s- some um, unknown... I don't know how to do this without spoiling. What the he- <laughs> What does Hoss even mean? I know it's like it's like a it's like a southern thing, right? Etymology well, of Hoss. <laughs> it's it's like Wait. from Bonanza, isn't it? What? Oh, yeah. is it? Yeah, that's what southern slang. Okay. Okay. I dialect I spelling of horse. A big, strong, and respected or dependable person, usually a man. One is one who is large like a horse. Oh, so it really is like horse boss. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Hoss. Horse boss. Horse boss. Um, Okay. Yeah, so he calls him Hoss. Heard me wrong. So he's like, whatever, like, the gun will still work, because apparently the gun is his best friend. The gun will still work as long as the bullets are dry. And so he's like, cool, the bullets are still dry. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Drops entirety of bullets into water. Except not, I guess, entirety, because then they use the gun. Um, Like, I just want to point out, like, this whole plot line is kind of an entire comedy like two people trapped it's two people trapped in an elevator like drawing like a duct tape line down the middle and then at each other about whose fault it is that the elevator it's true yeah Yeah, it is really stupid there's almost a part of me that wanted this entire episode just to be this like this plot line yeah like this little bottle episode of sawyer and michael stuck in stuck in the ocean yeah and whenever the other storylines are happening they're just like staring at each other with their arms crossed (laughs) just for the rest of the entire episode (laughs) basically what I'm imagining is like the fly but lost yeah (laughs) that would be incredible (laughs) so uh, the he's like oh well the shark is here because of your shoulder and he's like cool guess I will stop bleeding you're right you're so smart I love that these are two people who have absolutely no way to healthily like process mm-hmm. emotions. So all they do is yeah. bitch at each other. Fully grown like, adults. They're, yeah, fully grown adults who, you know, ha- have been emotionally damaged in a lot of ways, stuck on a raft. And at no point does it occur to either of these men, hey, we're out in the middle of the ocean. It's pitch black. Maybe we should stick together. It's just... It's just like a rom-com of two people just snipping at yeah. each other the entire time. But I, I like that that kind of shows what kind of people they are and how incompatible and complementary their temperaments mm-hmm. are. Because when push comes to shove, they can work together. They just really don't right. want to. Yeah, their capacity for pettiness is very high. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. They're both really petty people. So, yeah. So there's like, you know, I got shot. To try and help save your son, but okay. And so he's like, guess I'll just leave. And he like paddles over to <laughs> some sticks, like, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I love that Sawyer was just like, mm, fine, I'm going to get as far away from you as possible. <laughs> there is a conveniently located yeah. pile of sticks right there. This is better. Off I go. I'm still in shouting distance, though. <laughs> so Sawyer's going to take out the bullet with his bare hands, like, I uh, can't even m- imagine, but okay. Yeah, uh, I would black out. But I feel like this isn't the last time that I don't... Sawyer does this. Or somebody else does it later or something. Anyway, I don't remember. 
I'm just gonna say it, Saeed, because that sounds mm. like something Saeed mm. would do. Potentially, it's just—it's a very yeah. Sawyer move. It is such a Sawyer move. So he's like, "No way, you can do it!" And then Sawyer does it anyway, and he's like, "I thought you wanted to to get away from me." And he's like, "We're caught in the same current. Literally, what can I do? As if I have a paddle? No. I mean, y'all yeah. got a bunch of sticks. Make a paddle. <laughs> just—I mean, Michael is able-bodied at this point. Sawyer's got a shot arm, and he's kind of just like." doing more physical yeah. work than Michael is. And so Sawyer's like, listen, it's not even, like, the flare wasn't even what, like, brought them over here. Like, first I thought that they were, like, just random people who were going to help us, and then I noticed that their boat is, like, pretty heckin' small and totally wouldn't survive out on the open ocean, so that means they probably came from the island. It wasn't the flare. I said it wasn't the flare. Those people did this. First I thought they were fishermen or pirates or something. And I got a good look at their boat. You know anything about boats, Mike? A boat like that wasn't built for the open ocean. Water's coming over the side, first little squall. Maybe got a range of 100 miles. Nope. boat like that had to left port from somewhere close. Like the island. French chick said the others were coming for the kid. I think they came, Mike. I love this little insight into actually how observant Sawyer is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's so true. How much time did he have to look at that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And he's probably been thinking about that and stewing about that the entire time. Mm-hmm. On top of being enraged because he tried to do something nice. Yeah. <laughs> and no one would give him credit for it. Yeah, the only person who, like, could give him credit in this moment is, like, hates him for that reason, for some reason, yeah. Yeah. And I think Michael's very justified in his anger here, not because it's valid, but because, like, he's a parent who's He's been terrified. through a thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another continuity error, though, here. Um, Sawyer says that Rousseau said the others were coming for the kid, but, like, how does he know that? Yeah. He, like, they left after she said that, and also she only said that to Saeed and Charlie. Yeah, that just sounds like, a, that oh. just sounds like plot contrivances for plot contrivances sake. Yeah, that was just a mess up. I would like to, like, hear them, like, try and figure out how that would happen, though. Yeah, there's literally, like, no explanation. I feel like it was literally just put in, like, just in case you watched the finale and you didn't realize that it, that they were still coming, that they were coming for Walt and not Aaron. Yeah. They're just laying it out for people who didn't notice. I'm literally trying to think of, like, reasons that Sawyer would know that. All I've got so far is, like, telepathy. <laughs> mm. So, you know. Maybe maybe Sawyer's just being his most Sherlock Holmes in this moment. That's incredible. I mean, he is figuring out the boat thing, too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, this is his moment. <laughs> so, Sawyer's gonna flip it, and he's just like, maybe it's not my fault, maybe it's your fault. Because if your kid wasn't on the raft... Then I w- then we would have continued on, and I'm like, okay, well that's not true. They wouldn't let you go. God, they really are so petty. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way they would have let them go. Like Sawyer, did you not just say five minutes ago that you were trying to save the kid, and now you're blaming the kid? Yeah. This this totally this totally feels like every argument I've had with my sister, where I go, what is anything that I can propel your way in this argument? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like whether it's logical or not. And the other person kind of looks at you and go, what are you talking about? But you're like so enraged. You're like, I am absolutely yeah. right in this moment. <laughs> I will use this and I will regret nothing. I might regret something later. Yeah, exactly. 
but I will not give you the satisfaction of knowing when that is. <laughs> so, like, one of my favorite moments this episode is when Sawyer's like, oh, okay, well, you're gonna splash me, and then he does, and then his whole <laughs> world falls apart. <laughs> I just love that look of panic on Sawyer's face when, when it's just, like, falling apart, and he's just like, oh, no. I mean, this is terrible. <laughs> I think it says something about Michael that, I mean, this is just common human decency, obviously, but that Michael... Like, when Sawyer, like, swims back over to his piece of wreckage, that Michael doesn't go, no, this is my piece of wreckage. And then just lets Sawyer get eaten by a shark. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, when I was watching this the second time, I was kind of wondering if destroying that raft and forcing Sawyer back over was kind of Michael's little peace offering. Mm. Because you can see that Michael's sort of starting to like rationalize what actually happened and see like Sawyer's injured. He just pulled a bullet out. That was pretty metal. Yeah. But now they're now they're separated. And I think like things are starting to dawn on Michael Mm -hmm. that they're alone in the middle of the sea. I mean, it probably is just like that he was being decent. But I kind of wonder if there's a little bit of psychological subtext there. Right. And then Michael says, you have no idea what it's like to care for somebody else. And first of all, that's super harsh. Second of all, not even true. And we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. Mm. How would Michael even know that? Yeah. That's just rude. This is, this, yeah. is another, this is another just, I'm going to throw this at you because it's available. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Here are just some words that are supposed to hurt you. Yeah. And then they do. And it's like, oh, damn, I got a good shot at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that moment of triumph where you're like, ha. So they're just like sitting in silence together. I. I brought this up in the recap, but, like, it's so ridiculous to me that Sawyer is in the water so much in this episode, and Michael just sits there and is, like, dry the whole time. <laughs> He's like, meh. Okay, I would be I would be Michael, though. I'd be, like, scooching over to the part of the raft that's driest and being like, yep, I'm fine. I'm fine for the rest of my life. I'm totally dry. I'm not cold. I, you look you look ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, they're just sitting in silence, and then they see, like, a more sturdy place that they could sit so they're like let's go do that and their thing like starts to break apart again because things just can't go well for them this was not a well-built raft so sawyer tries to get over there i mean i know it exploded yeah (laughs) it was probably good when it was all together but alas the structural integrity is shot and so michael kills the shark with like his last ounce of like anger at what happened to it maybe not his last ounce about like what happened to his son and poor Dharma shark. So yeah, the gun yeah. is broken and he can't quite kill the shark, but then he fixes it and then he does shoot it. And it's like Sawyer is dead, but then he isn't because of course he isn't. Like, do you think people- Of course not. Drew, did you watch it like live? I did, yeah. So were you like, oh my God, Sawyer's dead? No, you're just like, rest in peace, Dharma shark. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I felt, um, is it, did anyone else feel bad for the shark? Yes. A bit, yeah. He's just the shark's a shark. just living his best life out here. Let him shark. Exactly. It's a shark doing shark stuff. Like, whenever people are like, oh my god, like, you know, shark did this and shark did that. I'm like, yeah, because it's a shark. Like, what if the shark was just trying to help Sawyer up onto the pontoon? <laughs> <laughs> right? He's okay. just trying to be helpful. Robin's back to it being a Disney shark. <laughs> the shark is my friend. The shark is Bruce yeah. from Finding Nemo. Sawyer is a friend, not yeah. food. Okay, so the last part of this storyline here is that Michael is basically just, like, crying. And, like, it makes sense because it's a- right after, like, the flashback that we get that um, is, like, him saying goodbye to Walt, right? 
So he's, yeah. like, crying and everything. And, like, that still brings me back to, like, I wonder how much of the flashbacks are, like, here's what happened in their life. Or is it, or, and how much of them are, like, here's what they are thinking about now. Yeah, like, their memories? Yeah. 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 I think it's, I've always thought it was a little bit of both. I think so, too. Because. I think especially in Michael and Jack's cases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, because Jack is always thinking about Christian. Yeah, it's true. And also, like, I think I would say that, like, at least one flashback each episode is, like, something they're actually thinking about. And then past that, it's like, here are the other things that are relevant. Like, they can't just have all these memories that are exactly relevant to the themes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Michael's crying. Sawyer wakes up and he's like, hey, are you okay? And Michael's like, I made a mistake. I love best friends. I love that Michael allows himself to be emotionally vulnerable around Sawyer. Mm-hmm. that's that's one of the best things about this show is it's like yeah. maybe you know most of our female characters are pretty heckin badass like maybe they don't have a lot to do and they don't talk to each other about anything else but dudes but at least we let our dudes cry yeah which isn't something Actually, that all really important shows do mm-hmm. yeah men are very much allowed to be emotionally vulnerable and i really like that michael does it in front of sawyer because he actually hasn't been vulnerable like michael basically his emotion that he expresses most of the time is either frustration or anger Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of translated his reputation on the island but people like Jin and sawyer see past that so when michael allows himself to cry i think that really shows sawyer like this is someone that i was right Mm -hmm. to trust yeah also i want to point out that when they get back like when they're back on the island sawyer says the current brought us back we're home so he already thinks of the island as home. Interesting mm. choice of words, me thinks. It's almost like they're going to be stuck there for <laughs> a really long, long time. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so lastly in the storyline, they get to the beach and they have that like moment in like all of the cartoons where they like kiss the ground and they see Jin all tied up and he's like, oh my gosh, it's the others. And these are the things that Jin says. Jin says, do not come this way. Do not come this way. And he says, do not stay here. Do not come this way. Do not come this way. We have to go back. Uh? Uh? <laughs> Listen to me. Do not stay here. I'm coming now. I'm coming now. Hmm. Pointing out that he says we have to go back. Super not relevant right now, <laughs> but relevant later. Also, we see our first shot of another character that we are getting this season. And then a bunch of extras who aren't even the other characters that we meet. Hmm. Even though they're supposed to be. Yo, the way the others chose to, like, dress and clothe themselves here makes me laugh so mm-hmm. much. Oh, true. Yeah. They were like, we're gonna seem all raggedy and, like, savages. Yeah. And I'm like, that was a choice. Okay. I-, I think it's much more jarring if all of you were wearing suits. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We're not about that life. And this was so, like, at the time where, like, we were convinced that, like, the others were supernatural beings. Really? Oh, a lot of, yeah, I, I remember talking to a lot of people who were like, yeah, they're not human. <laughs> they're like wow. superhuman beings. No way! Oh, yeah, because like, especially with like the stuff with Ethan in the first season. Yeah. Where like, Ethan just mm-hmm. beats the crap out of Jack and comes out of the ocean. Yeah. And you're like, this guy's not normal. That's a good point. You're like, wow, how do you keep getting up? How are you not dead? <laughs> yeah. That, that would have been really cool, to be yeah. honest. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, given who their leader is, um, I'm not going to complain about it, because I love him. Yeah. They- I can't wait to get to those episodes. 
I basically, when we started this podcast, I was like, I was waiting for three characters, and none of them were in the first season. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for Desmond, Ben, and Juliet. Same. Jen? Did you guys have any final raft thoughts? Uh, no, not really. Rest in peace, Dharma Shark? Yep, good. Oh, yeah. Ezra, Ezra. <laughs> R.I.P. Ezra. Aw. Good day to you, Mr. Sharkington. Yeah. <laughs> I have, like, a slightly spoiler question, though. Okay. Did we ever find out why sharks? Yes, we sure do. Yes. Okay, just checking. Yep, beginning of season three, my friend. We'll definitely okay. talk about it. This this All shark right. actually explains, like, a lot? Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I told you I forgot this whole show. <laughs> All right, should we get started on the flashbacks? Yes, so. this is uh, my favorite part of the episode, actually. Oh, good. That's yeah. me, but last episode, too. Top-notch flashbacks so far. Okay, well, obviously my favorite part of last episode was... Oh, yeah, Desmond was in the flashbacks, so that's mm-hmm. fine. Okay. I have one priority. Yeah. Okay, so we are meeting Michael's attorney, who is garbage. How dare you speak of him in that manner? What, the attorney? Artie was a valued member of the warehouse team on warehouse 13. Okay. Hardy demands respect. <laughs> Thank you. He gets it. He gets it. So. Uh, he got my joke. He got my First joke. of all, he gets his name wrong. And then when he's like, yes, please do law things. He's like, we can't do law things because you're not rich enough. So this boyfriend, this is this guy, Brian Porter. Yeah. Why? Well, what's it say? It seems that Susan wants you to relinquish your rights as Walt's father so that Mr. Porter can adopt him. She wants me to sign my son away? It's the only way they can proceed with the adoption, yeah. Listen, if you sign this document legally, he'll be no different than any other kid you pass in the street. You'll be giving up your paternal rights, all of them. Yeah, so then can I stop her from going? Well, I guess we could file an injunction so she couldn't leave the city, but- Yeah, you know, that, that. I want to do that. But if we're going to argue this here, he probably was trying to save Michael a bunch of money when he knew the result was going to be what the result wound up being in the first place anyway. No, it's totally true. But also, like, how much do you hate your own law firm if you're like, listen, I'm no, I know I'm one of the bad ones, so. <laughs> <laughs> he, would, he would fit in on Better Call Saul. <laughs> He's like, I'm a good attorney. No, what's um, what's the one that always gets advertised in America? Selena and Barnes. Hmm. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? No. No. You know what? Don't worry about it then. <laughs> okay. Maybe someone got it. Thank you. <laughs> Let us know. Okay. Thank you. She's like, Oh, how did you hurt your leg? Oh, I got hit by a car. Yikes. <laughs> did you need a lawyer for that or what? <laughs> Um, uh, Susan's, like, going to Rome, and, uh, Brian is trying to adopt Walt when he doesn't even want to. Yeah, what's up with that? Does Brian actually want to adopt Walt, or- No. He wa- he does it for Susan. But- I- I'm pretty sure that what he says in special is, Susan wanted him to, and he wanted Susan, so. Yeah. 
I just am disgusted. <laughs> it just seems like a lot of work for like this. Yeah. Something that doesn't really matter in the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's so much work for like to take someone's child away from them when they could just as easily have not done that. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> and so he's like, if you sign this thing, then he'll just be like, legally, he'll just be like a random kid. Like, it literally won't matter that he, he has like your DNA in him. And so he's like, what we could do is we could file an injunction and then she wouldn't be able to leave the city. And he's like, yeah, let's do that. And he's like, listen, I know that you can't really afford to do an injunction because you're here and we're like the clearance rack of lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's important to know who you are inside. Yeah. 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 Like, at least he's honest with himself. I kind of suck. So I don't know if you like want to do this. And Michael still wants to do it and also i think it's interesting that the guy brings up david and goliath because there's always some bible shit going on here mm-hmm. that is true it's so hard to talk about that stuff without like i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so this scene with like lizzie is like i don't know how to feel because lizzie when you're on michael's side you're like lizzie why are you the worst and then but then <laughs> when you think about it you're like lizzie you're damn good at your job I never for once thought about that, but you're right. She is good at her she's job. Very, yeah, she's like a good wife lawyer. Yeah. She's doing a really yeah. good job, like, for Susan. I mean, I still hate her, though. Oh, fully. Because cause we're on oh, Michael's fully. side, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, and I feel like there's just so much, there's so much internalized mm-hmm. judgment going on there from yeah. uh, her. So <laughs> When we did our episode on special, that was the first time that I ever considered that Susan was not like totally like a good person what do you mean like when we were doing special we were like oh susan's like i i always thought like oh susan's just doing what's best for her son like susan's a good person like susan's just doing her best or like whatever and then when we talked about special you were like susan's kind of the worst because like here are all the reasons why susan is bad and i'm like oh my gosh and like this scene you're like oh well susan isn't so bad because like she's like feeling bad and like sitting and like just listening to her lawyer's like advice and not saying anything but in the next episode Mm -mm. or in the next scene she's like michael here are all the reasons why you're not good enough the, the thing that I think is diabolical about Susan, and obviously Susan's not actually like, well, <laughs> I was going to say Susan's not a bad person, but Susan's kind of a bad person. I understand Susan's motives and, you know, to Susan, they make yeah. sense, which is I can provide my child with, like the kind of life that I believe that he should have. But she doesn't, she only thinks about it in like a, from a monetary standpoint. Yeah. She, she doesn't actually care about Walt having a relationship with his dad. So she sits there. She gives the lawyer all that ammo Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and says, go after him. And she's going to sit there and let that lawyer defame Michael to Michael's face and do nothing about it. Susan took him to Amsterdam for work. And you didn't have a problem with that? Excuse me? Well, since she's now going to Rome and you're filing an injunction, it just seems a little inconsistent to me. No. No. Don't, don't no, 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 no. She don't took them, though. No. I didn't want her to go. Please don't talk. Well, you said there was nothing I could do. And you didn't do anything, did He's you? He's not going to answer that question. That's because there is no answer. You were in an accident recently, huh? Yeah. You had several surgeries, spent weeks in a private hospital room, extensive rehabilitation. 
Who paid for all of that, Mr. Dawson? I didn't ask you for anything. Could the record reflect that Mr. Dawson acknowledged that Miss Lloyd paid his bills? Susan, Su tell him, Susan, tell Please him that I didn't ask you for anything. But I didn't... To me, that's an inherently evil act, considering Michael did nothing to her, mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. Well, like, she just kind of sucks, you know? <laughs> yeah! And, like, she continually manipulates him. All the time, like, and it, like, doesn't seem like she means to, but she is. She is. Yeah, like... She purposely did not marry him to set up this sort of scenario. Mm. Or that's the way it's presented. Right. And, you know, it's like the fi their final interaction, uh, the, like the second to last flashback scene, mm -hmm. where she's just saying, Michael, you're so good. You're such a good artist. Yes. You should focus on the artist. Not, not Walt. Let me take Walt and let you worry about the artist thing. And it's like, you're. S I know this type of manipulation. Mm. <laughs> You know? Yep. And it's so clear yep. and obvious. Yeah. It, it's, to me, that level of manipulation is nothing less than evil. Yeah. I think, I, I, I kind of wonder if Susan was the kind of person where she wanted a kid and she didn't really care who it was with. Mm. And so she was in a relationship. She got pregnant. She was like, okay. And then she was like, you know what? I think I'm good. And she leaves. Right. And she doesn't really care what happens to Michael after that. Because she, to her, like, Michael was more of a sperm donor than anything else. Right. I have a question for you guys that I was thinking about recently. Why do mm. you guys think that she allowed Walt to be named Walt? Because we know that Walt was named after Michael's father or grandfather or something. Okay. And, like, it's fine that it's like, oh, yeah, his name is Walt while Michael is still around. But as soon as she, like, leaves Michael, she, like, he's, like still quite young she could change his name and it wouldn't really do anything bad to him i think it's like this one thing that uh i think it's like this one thing that she allows of michael and walt you know mm. like like I it's agree. that one part of the of the relationship so she is like conceding yeah i completely agree it's like the bare minimum that she gave him was letting walt keep his name mm. okay i have a vision okay <laughs> Okay, what kind this is of my vision? vision. Is that uh-huh. Michael goes to get Walt from Australia, right? And Michael says, "Oh no." Hi Walt. And Walt says, "What? My name is Brian Jr." <laughs> and Michael's like, "Wow, I hate everything." Can you imagine? They're like that's why he never got his letters actually is cuz they were addressed to someone named Walt. <laughs> yeah, who's that even? No one knew who that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think, like, especially in this scene, you can very clearly see who Susan is as a person, mm -hmm. and it's not a good person. No. Yeah. And it's, and that's the thing, is it's just, like, when we're looking deep into it, we can tell. But, like, on the surface, you know, Susan has those puppy dog eyes. Mm. Well, that's, that's classic gaslighting. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, it's a manipulation tactic. She's she's looking at Michael and saying, your experiences are not what you believe them mm -hmm. to be. We weren't actually that happy. You are a good artist, but I know what's best. Right. You know, like, I'm going to do what's best. And you can't do that. Mm. Which is nuts, because if she actually cared about her child, she would give that child as many good influences and, you know, people who loved him as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. This might be a little premature just because we haven't really even got to, like, Harold's big scene of the episode. But, like, snaps for Harold this episode because he just totally slays it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Harold, I think, is a very <laughs> underrated yeah. actor, especially it's in this true. show. And 
I, I especially think he's like so realistic in this like attorney scene like especially in the part where she like starts baiting him and like the guy even says like she's baiting you like stop talking yeah and he he can't stop himself i get it i wouldn't be able to stop myself if someone was you know literally defaming me to my face so okay so going into what actually happens in the scene um lizzie's asking when's the last time you saw him and he's like yeah about a year ago and she's like oh 14 months and i'm like he said about Like, that's such a smug lawyer thing yeah. to do. It's like, oh, well, I know more than you. I know the like, exact what? time. So why has it been so long? And he's like, because he lives in Amsterdam, which is far away from me. And I was in the hospital. Yeah, like he was in a car yeah. accident. I don't know. So she's like, okay, so you didn't have a problem? And he's like, yeah, I fully had a problem. And she, Well, she's going to Rome and now you're upset. Like, that's a little inconsistent. And he's like. It's like, I was upset the whole time. Yeah, I was upset the whole time. I was, I, I had a problem the entire time. But I didn't think I could do anything. And she's like, well, you didn't do anything. And he's like, because I didn't think I could. <laughs> because Susan, as a bad person, yeah. made him think that he could. Yeah. Guys, I really hate Susan. Yeah. That's what I'm learning <laughs> from you. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, she's like, hey, so... It turns out, like, you had an accident and bad things happened to you, and who paid for all that? And he's like, I didn't ask her to pay for it. She literally, the thing that I find interesting in that scene, what was the, sorry, the previous Michael episode? It's called Special. Yeah. Is, she does absolutely establish to Michael's face that she basically did that to blackmail him into letting her take. Yeah, she, like, is like, I'm gonna pay for it, and he's like, oh, what? And she's like... Also, we want to adopt Walt. Ooh, sorry. I just... It's a, I can't... Ugh, I don't know. Yeah. Go ahead. It, well, it's just like the most manipulative move imaginable. You know? Exactly. Like, it's almost textbook. Here's how you manipulate somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she's like, here's a list of things that you don't even know about him. And Michael's like, cool, I already know all these things and I'm sad. Or like, does he know those things? No, like, sorry, I already know that I don't know those things is what I meant. <laughs> oh i was like that's what i meant what? but he, like does that lawyer the thing that frustrates me is like this is why i know i could never be a lawyer is i could never sit there and ruin mm. someone's life like that knowing right. that they actually cared but maybe it's like because i have divorced parents <laughs> i'm like um if a parent wants to be in their child's life yeah. i don't know let them yeah yeah, so we've already spoken a little bit about this uh, scene already, but so Susan is by herself and he's like, hey, like, where's your lawyer? Oh, I told him I just wanted to talk, just me and you, but like, if you want yours, that's fine. And Michael's like, no, that's okay. And I'm like, you should probably have your lawyer because this doesn't go well for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys think that um, this was her lawyer's idea in the first place? Oh. That wouldn't surprise me. That's That seems consistent with her. Yeah. But it, it also feels like the kind of savvy move that she would make. Yeah, because... Yeah, that's true. That's another thing, as I was thinking about, is that Susan is a lawyer. So she knows what the best lawyer tactics are and knows which lawyer to pick who will help her win. That's another thing yeah. that I for- always forget about with Susan, is it's like, of course all lawyers are not inherently bad people, but lawyers know how to manipulate, know how to get information from people, know how to, like, some lawyers, they know how to win arguments. Are, like, they defend murderers because that's their job. Yeah. And so, yeah. knowing that about Susan totally changes things about her, I think. Yeah, uh-huh. I think it does. 
So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if this was Lizzie's idea, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it was Susan's idea. Or if Susan was like, hey, what if I did this? And Lizzie was like, lol, <laughs> good plan. Which I think actually sucks more because she knew, like, her going in, it was basically like, you know, the shit sandwich. Yeah. Is, hey, I think you're gonna win. Yes. No, like, you I'm gonna, don't. I'm gonna yeah, she obviously does not think that. <laughs> Every time that I watch this episode, I'm like, no, you don't. In what world does he win this? Like, there's this whole thing about, like, how mothers are more, like, in court, mothers are more likely to get custody of their children. Like, even if they're worse, you know? And that's just, like, a a sexism thing. So I don't know in what world she thinks Michael wins when she lists all of the reasons why he will not win. I think because she wanted to lull him into feeling Mm -hmm. bad for her she wanted him to be like okay well i need to do what's best for my child and the only win that i can get out of this is that i would actually win the case yeah so she kind of is like yeah you would totally win but i need you not to Mm -hmm. yeah and to me that's just that's evil gross I, i think she just like wants to get this trial over with so that she can move you know like yeah she's like i will win eventually but I don't want to take that long, so let's let's speed yeah. it up here. That's such a good point. The line that really messes me up in this scene is um, when he's like, oh, he's my son. And she says, since when? He's my son. Since when, Michael? Look, I know you don't care about what's best for me, but in Rome, I'll be a senior partner at the firm. I'll be able to give Walt anything he needs. You're still on disability, Michael. You can't work. You're about to be evicted from your apartment. You got your lawyers checking up on me now? Of course I did. Just like you had your lawyers checking up on me. Nobody's winning here. Then stop. I'm like, um, ew. Since since always. Since literally always. You just don't let him be a parent. Yeah. Like, I'll be a senior partner and I'll be like, great. And, you know, he'll totally, like, you know, he'll be a rich kid. And with you, he'll be a poor kid. Boo. (laughs) And it's like, okay, in today's society, he's going to have a better life with money. But psychologically, you end up with, well, basically Walt. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't have a child not have its parent when the parent wants to be with him. That's so messed up. Because you can see how much it messes Walt up, like, that Michael wrote to him. Yeah. Yeah. That meant a lot to him. So you need to take care of yourself and get healthy so that you can pursue your art. Because you're so talented as an artist. But, like, how are you going to do that and and be with Walt? I'm like, wow, multitasking is hard. <laughs> and also, single parents do it all, all the time. The time. Yeah. My mom raised two kids, mm-hmm. and she was a single parent, and we're nightmares. <laughs> so it's true. They're terrible. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know them both, personally. Katie is a hero. Yes, she is. <laughs> will you text her that I said that's very important? Yes, okay. yes, I will. And she's like, okay, well, let him go because it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about Walt. I'm like, it's about you. Yeah. I think Susan is an interesting female character in that they do allow her to be absolutely horrible. Yeah. And to be inherently selfish. She's a selfish Mm -hmm. woman. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of interesting. It is interesting. We don't get that a lot. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I like her. Yeah. But I respect that she was able to be horrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And still be a good mom. And there, there's no attempt made, like, down the road to, like, contrast that, you know? It's just, like, she just yeah. kind of sucks, you know? Yeah. 
She's just, she's a messy person. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, like, she raises Walt just fine. Walt's a good yeah, like, kid. And, like, yeah. in the flashback we see of their, like, little family unit that they have, she, like, says, hey, do your homework. Like, she's not, you know, she's a, she's a good mom. She got what she wanted. Yeah. She got a kid. Mm-hmm. She just didn't want the rest exactly. of it. Exactly. So, in our final flashback of the episode, Michael is in the park and they're, like, saying their goodbyes. So, yeah, they're, like, about to leave on their plane. He got him a stuffed polar bear, which of course is ends up being super relevant. Just like I love in the world. those little homages. I'm obsessed. Why not a polar yeah. bear? Why yeah, why not a polar bear? Do you guys see like a polar bear like literally just murdered someone up in Canada? No, but sounds about right. <laughs> um, I like that Michael's like, does he like bears? And she's like, Yeah. I'm like, he's a toddler, he likes anything. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't. I don't think I don't know. Cares. I feel like Toddler Robin didn't like some things. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. I you know, I was there, but I don't really remember, so you'd have to ask my mom. <laughs> Alright. Um, go ahead and tweet her if you want. If you really want to know, <laughs> at DC Jeffrey. Tweet my mom. <laughs> She'll answer. <laughs> She's like on Twitter, that's her thing. I love her mom. So Michael has his big monologue of the episode and he's saying, like, you know, we may not see each other. He says we're not going to see each other for a while, but as far as he knows, he won't see him ever. Yeah. Like, this yeah. this is going to be forever. So, you and I, uh, we're not going to see each other for a while, Walt. Uh, but you are going to have a great life. <laughs> I know your mommy, she's going to take real good care of you. And Brian is going to take good care of you, too. But you know what? I just want you to know that no matter where you go, I that your daddy. Yeah, your daddy, he loves you very, very much. And I always will. I was thinking while I was watching last night, this is the last time he sees Susan. Before she dies. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Oh, I didn't yeah. think about that. Because I also kind of forgot that Susan died. <laughs> oh, yeah, she died. She made, yeah. she super died. Yeah. But he's saying, your life is going to be good because Susan will take care of you and Brian will take care of you. I'm like, yeah, Brian sucks, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we know otherwise. <laughs> and no matter where he goes, that Michael loves him very much and he'll always like be with him and always love him. I think the thing that stuck out to me about this scene the most mm-hmm. is that he couldn't bring himself to call himself Walt's dad until the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He couldn't even, u- he couldn't use the word dad, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that shows so much of like why Walt has, or why Michael has really struggled to be a parent is because he's never really felt like a parent. Yeah. Like he, he couldn't even call himself dad to Walt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Susan took all of that away from him. Yeah. It was, it was something that he was forced to give up and he's never had to reconcile with yeah which is heartbreaking and i feel like when the show aired i do remember there not being a lot of sympathy for michael and i just really don't understand why because michael's been through hell Mm -hmm. i think the sympathy for michael gradually got less and less as the show went on yeah yeah for reasons michael became yeah yeah good point (laughs) as michael kind of became a different sort of man yes well another thing is that it's like he wasn't even like 
Hi, I'm a dad on the weekends. He's like, my son is across around is across the world. Mm-hmm. I never yeah. see him ever. So he just doesn't feel like a dad. Yeah. So Susan's like, sorry, he isn't reacting, but like, he's like two. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry. He's two and he's kind of just like more focused on like when nap time is next. And so he <laughs> says like, here's the polar bear. Just like maybe one day, just let him know it's for me. And she's like, of course I will. And I'm like, hi, you're a liar. You will absolutely <laughs> not do that. And I know this for a fact, ma'am. Yeah. That entire scene, she's like, yeah, this is fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you're just like, you're the biggest liar I've ever seen in my life. Ugh. I can't believe like how much she changed and like showed her true colors to Michael. Like that must have been horrible yeah. for Michael to see. Well, I think you're like, you're someone I loved. Like he really, really thought that she was going to tell him about the bear, that she was like going to give him the letters. Yep. And I guess I imagine that like halfway through like the third letter, he was like, he's not writing back. Either he's not getting these letters or he hates me. But he, he kept, kept doing, doing it. it. Yeah. Just yeah. in case. That's an actual parent. Like, that's uh-huh. a true parent. Whether he feels like one or not, yeah. he is. Do you guys have any last flashback thoughts? Rest in peace, Susan, but only because it's nice to respect the dead. Yes. But also I have I some. <laughs> I'm going to ask a Susan question in the spoiler section, methinks. Okay. Ooh, all right. Um, cool. So now let's do our favorite line award. So my favorite line award goes to Sawyer for. You got a band aid. He's sarcastic. (laughs) I hate him. And um, mine goes to Michael for... Walt! Walt! Screaming the word Walt repeatedly. (laughs) This is like the third time you've chosen that as your favorite line award. (laughs) I know, because it makes me laugh every time. (laughs) And you hate it so much. I have to make gifts. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh I'm absolutely not sorry at all for the choices that I make. Fine. Yeah. And Drew, what's yours? Uh, mine is Sawyer for... Oh, well, I'll just stop bleeding it! Yeah. Good one, good one. He's sarcasm <laughs> That's actually a really good choice. Appreciate him. Uh, and now it's time for our other segment. So one of our other segments is light and dark. And some of the light and darks that I picked out, my favorite one was that Michael is dry and Sawyer is wet for most of the episode. And of course, like, when your clothes get wet, they get darker. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like... I don't know. Michael thinks he's better than him. So he's like light. I'm just making things up. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell at all. One that I mean, I, I guess you could kind of say is that the sun sort of rises over them while they're floating and like their whole plot line quite literally goes from dark to light. But that's really the only Mm. one that I picked up on. Mm. Yeah. Some, some episodes are more heavy handed, heavy handed than others. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, now it's time for Man of Science, Man of Faith. So I'm just going to name some characters and we're going to discuss whether we think they are more Man of Science or more Man of Faith this episode. So right. let's start with Charlie. <sighs> man of Faith, for sure. Yeah. Man of Drugs? Man of <laughs> uh, How about Claire? Science, mm. I guess? Science to his Man of Faith? Yeah. That's yeah. not... Yeah, I would say that so. Tracks. Uh How about Kate? Man of Science. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I science. think so too. She's so crafty. Um, Locke? I mean, he has, like, weird man of science moments. Yeah, but, like, mostly man of faith, as usual. But, like, yeah, a few man of science moments. Just because he's, like, trying to do some deducing and stuff. Well, I mean, just when he's, like, talking about the computer and what it might do, or the uh, artificial light coming into the hatch. Yeah. How about Desmond? Man of faith? Say, yeah, I'm going to say man yeah, of faith as well. I would say faith, too. Because, like, he's trusting that somebody will, the the guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
And he also sort of believed and trusted that like there, the outside really was uninhabitable. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like there, there was a lot of trust going on on Desmond's end that he kind of had to buy yeah. into. What about Sawyer? Man of science? Uh, definitely man of science. Because he does a lot of deductions. Like, Yeah. 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 And he's like trying to tell Michael like why he, what he's doing is wrong, but why his gin things make sense. And like the thing about the boat mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, yeah. You're right. Susan? <sighs> man of Dickhead? awful? I'd probably, I'd probably put yeah. her under science because she's like doing a lot of manipulating and such. Oh yeah, there's no emotion yeah. behind it, no faith, nothing. What? Well, nothing she did was in good faith. Well, and, and a lot of that also falls into manifest because there's a lot of just blatant manipulating and involved in faith and trying to get somebody else to come into faith is right. a lot of the concept. It's a lot of like mild trickery, you know. Right, the concept of a man of science a manipulating point. a man of faith. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good point. And then, uh, of course, Michael. I think Man of Faith. Man of, man of yeah. Faith. Yeah. 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 Um, just just the thought that Walt might be able to hear him. Exactly. And, like, yeah. the faith that, like, Susan will treat him correctly and, like, will give him the polar bear. Give him yeah, a good life. Like that, yeah. Um, yeah. Now it's time for Hurley's Walkman. And we're just playing Make Your Own Kind of Music again. So, cool. Yeah, <laughs> keep it going. How many episodes since the last knockout? Was anyone knocked out this episode? Does Kate count? My- Does I'm Kate say count? No. Michael passed out. Right. F- oh, 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 Kate might Because she's like just getting up from being knocked out. Was she knocked out or was she just knocked down? I think she was knocked down. Okay, so we're doing a great, we're doing well. Okay, so Exodus 3, Man okay. of Science, a Man of Faith, and Adrift. So that makes three episodes since the last knockout. No wow. concussions to be seen. I'm so proud of everyone. Does what a streak. This episode passed the Bechdel test. Super no. No. Super no. Because two women do not no. talk in this entire episode. <sighs> Alas. Yeah. They so rarely do. <laughs> Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, if you are so inclined, please write us a review on iTunes. We like them. We, d- we do. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan of The 100, which, like, I enjoy that show. Yeah, me too. Um, we talk about that show. We have a season four podcast, and we are in the middle of discussing season five. Yeah, when this goes up, like, season five will be, like, almost over, I think, so. No, mm. don't say such things. We waited so long. <laughs> I know, sorry. And if you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show, too. We talked about season one and season two. So go ahead and hate watch that and then listen to us (laughs) brag on it. It's fun. But like with love. But with love. Yeah. I miss. I actually miss Riverdale a lot. There's something to be said for nonsense television. Yeah. Yeah. You can follow the Fictionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, all that jazz. Yeah. But mostly Twitter. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's expensive. It's expensive. And it's literally only, like, the smallest one is a dollar a month. And, like, you can find that change on the ground, you know, and it really helps us out. And all the money goes right back into the podcast. So, please. Where are you finding dollars on the ground? <laughs> what? No, I mean, like, you like, know, you, you find s- a dime here or there. If you find, like, two dimes a week, then you're almost at a dollar, right? That was some interesting math that you just did. Am I wrong? I loved it. Okay. No, you're not wrong. I just think oh, it's okay. hilarious. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And Drew, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Drew Koenig. And uh, you can follow my podcast endeavors at Lost Cause Pod and at Tens Redux. Perfect. Drew, thank you so much for being on the episode with us. It was a blast. Or Yay! will continue to be a blast. <laughs> Yeah, yes. for another little as bit we, here. As we go into the spoiler segment. <laughs> <laughs> and our next episode is episode 203, which is called Orientation. And we're going to have Andy on that episode. Oh, that episode is so good. Sweet. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited about it. All right. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Drew, you want to say it? Uh, no, I don't feel like I've been brief for that. So I like you oh, all. Okay. All right. So maybe later. <laughs> Fair enough. I was not giving good permission for that. Uh, so I like yeah. you all a lot. But Okay, good. <laughs> Lo- I love it. I love it. Okay. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Oh, I'm excited to talk spoilers, guys. Welcome to the spoiler section. Oh my god, finally. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about the shark. Oh yes, go ahead, Drew. Yeah, you tell the story. Okay, so you were the shark has a uh, Dharma emblem. Uh, on the side of its, it's like on the back of its fin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the back half. And um, there is, I forget what the actual station is called. It was the. Yeah. The, um, the Hydra. Yeah. The Hydra that uh, the others take. Uh, Jack. At the beginning well, is, of uh, season three. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like that's where they take okay. Jack and Sawyer and yes. uh, Kate too. And there is a. Uh, like a, a marine. Oh, is that where the bear cages yeah. are? Yeah, with like the bear cages, and there's a marine tank, and that uh, held a shark, and I think still holds a shark. I possibly. Don't okay. In the video, in the video game, there was a shark. I feel like there was. A shark. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but a lot of that is in the. Place- a lot of that is like. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, wonky. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you guys are hilarious. <laughs> a lot of a lot of lost Vietnamus is a lot of like yeah. weird canon stuff. Yeah. Where some of it is canon, and some of it is not. It scared me. Um, <laughs> You're a big baby, so that's not hard. I had to get my friend to finish it for me because I was too spooked out. I love Lost Viadomus because on the show, it's like, hey, let's walk into the jungle. And on uh, Viadomus, it's like, hey, what if the jungle was the most terrifying experience of your life? Literally. It's so <laughs> scary. It's so scary. It is so dark in the jungle. It's so dark. I've never played this game, but it kind of sounds like Slenderman could be in that jungle. Oh, yes. don't say that. It was, it's scary. It's a scary <laughs> game. Like, and also they have like this it creepy is. hatch. And like, if you go in it, then like, there's like, you have to like, I think if I remember correctly, it's been a while because it scared me. So I never played it again. Um, But there's like a hatch and you have to like blow it open, but it's like within like a, it's like. Like, the way the staff is, where you have to, like, go underneath underground before you even get to the door. And, it like, you can hear, like, the little drips of, like, like the the roof, like, dripping. And I'm like, hard yeah. pass on this one. <laughs> it's like it's like somebody went, hey, what if Silent Hill, but lost? Uh, yo, that absolutely makes perfect sense. <laughs> it was really scary. And, like, you go into the jungle, and it's like you're immediately in the dark territory. Like, immediately yeah. where the where the oh, monster dear. is. You have to hide in the banyan trees. But, like, they're like, ooh, when you don't hear the monster anymore, you can run. But you always hear the monster! <laughs> so you can't ever run? Yeah! Oh, my God. I'm still mad about it. It's such a... Do the sharks do anything in the game? It, 
attacks you, I think. What? Like, you're going, you're like walking along the tank, and the shark, I, if I remember correctly, the shark jumps out and tries to grab you. Um, dick shark. <laughs> call out post, you're a jerk. <laughs> yeah, call out post to that shark in particular. <laughs> But, like, the weird part about Last Viodomus is that, like, a, like, a few of the characters are played by, like, their actual actors. Like, some of the actual actors, like, went and, like, did voices, but some of them sound completely wrong. What? Who did the voices? Hold up. Let me get a- I want to play I'm, this game now, and there's no way for me to play this game. I have the game. You totally can play it. There's, like, there's like Native American John Locke in this game, and it's the weirdest thing I've- What? <laughs> How? What? This game sounds like a ride. <laughs> it is. It really is. <laughs> when did this game come out? Um, after I think it was just after the third season. It was announced okay. in two thousand six. It was released in two thousand eight. Yeah, because it only tracked like the first three seasons. And they were like, "Let's make the most terrifying game possible." And someone was like, "That sounds like a fun <laughs> idea." <laughs> the game had uh, Yoonjin Kim, Emily DeRevan, yeah, Michael Emerson. Michael Emerson and right? uh, MC <gasps> Ganey. Emerson, I love MC Ganey. Uh, and Ian. and yeah, Henry and Cusick. Wait, 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 wait! This just changed the whole game yeah. for me. Yep, Ian's in that game. Yeah, I gotta play that game. And then they have like random people to play everybody else. I need to tell everyone that Ian's in a video game. Yeah, this is very important, dude. I have this game information. Like we can't, we can well, play I, it. I'm very and then there's like about this. actual flashbacks too. Like it's dope. Oh yeah, it's just oh, that's scary. Cool. So whoever like made, whoever made this game actually really cared a lot yeah. about Lost. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, okay, so let's talk about things that actually happened in the <laughs> So okay, let's talk about the island, the hatch, and stuff first. So we see the logo. Obviously, the logo ends up being really important, and there's like a bunch of different logos for all the different stations and such. But this is the Swan, and the Swan was like made by. Rudzinski and such all this stuff about Rudzinski and Desmond says are you him which in the season two finale Kelvin asks Desmond if he is him and the him is okay. are you my replacement oh yeah, yeah. and the replacement okay. is just apparently never coming just never coming <laughs> like why did the replacement never come though? I, don't, I don't think um, it's really clear like what the operations of the Dharma Initiative are like present day or if they're even still operating well okay the only yeah. thing we really know about this is that they keep getting like food drops and then in the actual literal epilogue then we like see the people who are still making the food drops and then like De ben comes in and he's like hey by the way you guys don't have to do this anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like who's paying them no idea like we know the hanso foundation had something to do with it but that's it like are they still paying for it so would it be fair to say that maybe Des being trapped down there was a psychological experiment and he would never escape? Okay. Well, first of all, it was never supposed to be Desmond. Right. Yeah. It was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Kelvin and Radzinski originally. And Radzinski thought that they were actually doing like yeah. actual electromagnetic research. But then when they went into the Pearl, then there were like screens broadcasting what they were doing in the swan so they thought oh this must be like an experiment but then mm -hmm. they were like oh all the people who are in the pearl have to write down what their findings are and put them in this like little plastic tube thing that like shoots everything up and then later they found out that like all the tubes and all the notebooks that they had written were going nowhere like to the like garbage like it's just in this giant pile on the island so 
We, like, honestly, I'm not even clear as to what the heck was going on there. Well, like, the the show overall seems to imply that, like, the Dharma Initiative stopped running things in the last 10 to 15 years. Because... Right. Yeah, because of the incident. Well, the incident and also that Kelvin signed up with the Dharma Initiative, which Uh would place it somewhere after... uh, That Saeed flashback. Yeah, the Gulf War, which was early 90s. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Brittany, just so you know, because I know you've forgotten, so I just want to clarify for you. Kelvin was in a Saeed flashback this season, and then he's going to show up on the island. And we're like, what? That's the same guy. (laughs) Bold of you to assume that I even remember who Kelvin is. He's the guy who... (laughs) Friggin' bold. Who was... Desmond killed him. Wait, oh wait, is that the... The one that he killed when he, like, gets outside and sees the boat and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Ha! Ha! I remembered a thing. <laughs> Otherwise known as the time okay. that Desmond killed Krusty Krab. There you go. Yeah. Wait, what? The the guy that voices the guy that plays uh Calvin voiced Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob SquarePants. No way <laughs> Of course. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you for this tidbit. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Like when you listen to him talk, you're like, yeah, I can see that guy being Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Desmond killed Mr. Krabs! <laughs> I've never been more proud of my boy than in this moment. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Desmond tells the snowman thing. And the time when we figure out what the actual answer is, I'm pretty sure like Desmond is drunk at the end of this season. And then Locke is like, hey, by the way, what the heck? That's what happened. Yeah. Wait, is that when Desmond walks off? Because he's been like drinking heavily. Well, he ran away and then he like showed back up and they were like, oh my God, it's a boat. But it was just Desmond's boat. Just Desmond. And he was drunk inside. Desmond was like, what's up, guys? Nothing means anything. (laughs) I'm stuck in a snow globe. They say the plane crash was 44 days ago. And Desmond's like, huh, something catastrophic happened 44 days ago. It's probably unrelated. (laughs) Charlie with the Virgin Mary. We know he's going to have a lot of trouble with that. Will it come in handy? Maybe not. There's drugs in there. Okay, they talk about, like, is anybody sick? And that's, like, a whole Danielle Rousseau type of thing. But also, Desmond was told by Kelvin that that it was, like, you have to wear a suit outside because it, the air is toxic. Why was Desmond told that? Just so that he wouldn't go outside and see him puttering working around the on, island? Working on the boat. Okay, well, yeah. That, yeah, and, like, just because he wanted to make sure he stayed in there so that he could get away. Yeah, But, but also, the hatch says quarantine on it. Well, yeah. And, and they have uh, the pneumatic injectors so like was that all part of like the psychological experiment was to trick them into thinking that like the world was over that's my question as well and i can't remember if in the season two finale if kelvin says like oh i was told this and then i realized that it wasn't true or if like he always knew it wasn't true i'm not sure i feel like he didn't know it wasn't always true because i feel like some part of him broke after he found that out and he decided he was going to get off the island. Right. I think maybe Redzinski told him. Yeah. Like, before he killed himself, maybe. Yeah. 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 Like, imagine, uh, like, discovering that basically, like, what you think is your life's purpose is a lie. Right. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the raft, we see the shark, and we've kind of talked about the shark already, but yeah, like where Jack is held at the beginning of season three is like a place where they would like flood it with water and the shark would like hang out there while they did. 
yeah. experiments on it. And like it even floods like while they're in there at the beginning of season two. Or season Wait, three. okay, so which station is that? Did you say it was the Swan? No, the Hydra. The Hydra, yeah. Oh, the, it's the, the one s- on the other island. Oh, right, duh. Okay, so what's the one that Charlie dies in? That- Charlie that dies in the Looking Glass. Why are all the, what's up with all the water names? Oh, Be- it's not Because they yeah. have water. Shut things. up. Okay. Shut up. Because one of them is under, they're both underwater, that is why. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You come in here with all your facts and your logic. Uh-huh. It's just not nice. Oh, I was going to be like, is that the end of the sentence? The next one is that Sawyer talks about how the boat is from the island, which sure is. Uh-huh. It sure is. What a smart man that man is. Yeah. And that Sawyer will never care, will never know like what it's like to care for anybody else. How dare you? First of all, Sawyer has a daughter. So, frick you. Yo, forgot about Thanks. that. Thanks. Like, <laughs> Okay, now I just like made a connection that we need to talk about now because Michael has been an absent father his whole life because he didn't want, because, even though he didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. Sawyer has been an absent father his whole life, but he's distanced himself from his daughter. Yeah. Thoughts? I don't know. This whole Sawyer daughter thing always felt very um, clumsy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So my thoughts on that are more like, well, this was a stupid plot line that maybe never should have happened. Oh, sorry, you're talking about all this Clementine stuff? Yeah. I think I think yes. I think that him having a daughter was really important because of like what happens in season four, where like that's like he jumps out of the helicopter and tells Kate, like, like take make sure my daughter is okay, take care of my daughter and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think pretty sure he like talks about it at some point and it's like a big monologue for him or something. But isn't that just, like, absolutely, like, not a thing in the Flash Sideways? No, it's fully not a thing in the Flash Sideways. Yeah, it's just completely yeah, ignored. So, yeah, so, like, how important was that to his character if they don't even right. bother to include it in the Flash Sideways? Or, as I assume, ever tell Juliet about? Oh, I assume that Juliet knows yeah. about it. But, yeah, we never hear, he never talks about it. But, I mean, you know, we skipped over three years, so. Eh. I mean, for sure, but you'd think, like, at some point someone would bring it up, like, at all. <laughs> Right. I don't know. It just always bothered me a little bit. No, I feel yeah. you. They get back to the island and they call the island home. Don't really is. need to talk about it. Just like a, that that's an important thing to bring up. It is. And old. we learn that Jin has found the others, but they're not the others. They're just the tailies. Mm. Oh, forgot about that. And we see Adewali playing Echo, but the rest of those extras like, don't look like Cindy. Don't even look like Bernard. Don't look like Libby. So, eh. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, uh, can I can I backtrack real quickly? Yes, of course. So I found this. I saw this on uh, Lost Media earlier. I meant to mention it during the uh, literary yeah. stuff. But uh, when Sawyer's talking about getting shot by uh, Tom Friendling getting Walt kidnapped, Bluebeard yeah. is a uh, reference to a French folktale, uh-huh. which um, tells the story of a, a wealthy, violent man in the habit of murdering his wives and the attempts of uh, one wife to avoid basically being killed oh my god (laughs) and then friendly's gay (laughs) (laughs) plot twist yeah interesting okay that's dark (laughs) and has has no relevance here but i just wanted to mention it no that was interesting okay but like did sawyer actually mean bluebeard or was he just like gonna say blackbeard but then messed up his colors Do you know how badly I want it to be that one? Yeah. He wouldn't, though. That boy is well-read. I have a question about Susan. You have a question about Susan? I have a question about Susan, and I can't remember if we brought this up on the special episode or not, but do you guys think that Susan's death was the work of Jacob? 
Because it really came on quickly, and it was the only way that he could get Walt and Michael on the island together. Possibly. If so, that's dark as hell. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past Jacob, though. Would it also would it also be like a byproduct of uh, Walt's special abilities? Because like that scene, that uh, yeah. scene coincides with like him making birds crash against the window. Right. Yeah. And then like right after that, doesn't she like begin to feel pain in her chest or something? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yikes. Oh, you know what? I think Brock brought that up. He was our um, guest for that episode. Yeah. And he said like w- like did Walt kill Susan? We were like whoa. <laughs> But, but like, I, I, I like know. the idea that it could have been Jacob. Yeah. I really like that idea. That would make me feel better. <laughs> it was, yeah. And that, and it's just, it seems like something dickish that Jacob would do to get to, you know, basically put his chess pieces where he wanted them to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, should we do our final outro then? Yeah. Cool. Drew, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. Yeah, seriously. Yay! You're very welcome. It, like I said before, was a blast. Yay! It was fun to snark around. I like <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to remind us one more time where we can find you on the internet? Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, TheDrewKoenig and uh, my podcast at Lost Cause Pod and at 10 Ducks. And if you're... I forgot to mention this earlier, but uh, if you're so inclined, read some of my stuff at uh, Hidden Remote and Telltale TV. Perfect. Wait. <laughs> I knew you it. write at Telltale? Yeah. I write at Telltale. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Britney looks stupid hour. All right. Okay. <laughs> I would argue that every Stop! hour. Okay. <laughs> wow. Big mood. Okay. Um, uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Redbubble, YouTube, uh, but mostly Twitter. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaffectionados. If you have a spare dollar to donate, we would really appreciate it. It's super easy. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. I like you all a lot. Drew likes you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Thank you. For what?